welcome to Podship Earth. This is your host, Jared Blumenfeld. You're so Cupid, cherry on top, Russian roulette, wrapped in rubies, Madam President, and an affair in Red Square. All these are different shades of red nail polish. The reason for my newfound fascination with nail polish is that I'm going to get my toes painted in honor of my favorite team, Liverpool, and I want to make sure that no one gets injured in the process. No, not from the sight of my toes, but rather from the host of toxins that are in nail care products. I start this journey by meeting up with Julia Liao, who back in 2005 co-founded the California Healthy Nail Salon Collaborative, whose mission is to ensure the health, safety, and rights of nail salon workers. Julia is also the chief deputy of the Oakland-based Asian Health Services, and Julia has her master's in public health from UCLA. I start by asking Julia how she first heard about the health issues affecting nail salon workers. One of our outreach workers to the Vietnamese community came back and said to me, wow, I've been you know, noticing that a lot of people have been telling me that they've had a lot of health issues. So I asked her, well, how many of these workers are telling you that they have health issues? And she said, everybody. And so we looked into it, and everyone was complaining of very similar issues, whether it was these rashes, they had all these irritations, nose and throat, and then people would tell stories about miscarriages, about breast cancer. So it just occurred to me that this was something going on that it seemed that it needed to be investigated. We started to put two and two together and look at the research studies on these chemicals and what these workers were experiencing. We started to realize that there was this epidemic of health issues happening in the nail salon worker industry. And what year was this, Julia? This was back in 2004. So we realized um, that we needed to do something about this uh, because nail song workers, the majority of them don't speak English, uh, and many of them were very scared to even share their story about what they're experiencing with their health. We have to develop their leadership. We need to raise their voices um, because they need to be heard. These stories were being untold, and yet the industry was basically building the narrative for you know their products and that they were safe. So tell us just a little bit about nail salons in California. So in California, there's about 8,000 nail salons and about 129,000 workers. And the majority are of Asian descent, primarily Vietnamese, and women of reproductive age. So if you think about it, and even across the country, there's about 350,000, but we recognize there's a lot of salons that probably don't get reported. A lot of these nail salons, they are smaller. Um, So maybe they'll have four to five workers. When people came here from Vietnam, they started this industry. They actually made the industry into what it is today. There was one um, family, and what they did is they, you know, did a very, like, 15 to 20-minute come in, get your mani-pedi, 
and they could charge like 20 bucks. And so it just caught on. You didn't have to speak much English. You'd get the business license. Um, and as more people came through, um, the state began to having the test in Vietnamese, and they would begin to sponsor their families over. And so it became really a family business. So it just became an explosion um, where you can see there's nail salons, you know, on every corner. They're next door to each other. It's taken a long time for people to recognize that in our country, we have all these health issues in nail salons that no one was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's because our federal system is broken. You know, there's a 75-year-old cosmetic law that has never changed. Um, and the industry is very powerful. Um, you know, in the nail care industry, it's about $7 billion, you know, within a $50 billion beauty industry. And um, right now, there's no independent entity that assesses your personal care products, uh, includes the nail care products for safety. So there is this gap um, in our federal legislation. What's in nail care products that are particularly toxic? There are things called the toxic trio. So we know that there's been toluene, which we know can, you know, it's a reproductive toxicant, um, can also uh, create memory loss. It's also a neurotoxicant. There's formaldehyde, which is a known carcinogen. Dibutyl phthalate is also a reproductive toxicant. Now, manufacturers have shifted to remove some of these chemicals out of polishes, but they're still prevalent in some of the other nail care products. At the beginning, what was the reaction of the nail salons that you talked to, Julia? Well, when we first started the Healthy Nail Salon program, we actually wanted to ban. We said, you know what, let's ban these chemicals, let's get them out. And, you know, it was really interesting because a lot of them said, don't ban it. And we said, why? And they said, you're going to put us out of business because... You know what? Consumers love these products. They love how their nail polish can stay on for a month. They don't have to come back. Long lasting, has these you know particular colors. And so at the time, we said, okay, well, what do you think is the solution? And they said, well, we think if there's alternatives, we want to know if those alternatives actually work well. And we want to know, are they going to be more expensive or not? So we had to do a lot of research. We had to go to them and, you know, show them that actually, hey, the ones without the toxic chemicals work just as fine. Maybe they dry maybe like two seconds longer. Um, You know, they can still have the same colors. So it wasn't until they became really comfortable. And then we said, well, let's create an incentive program for that. And, you know, we went and looked at, can you become a green salon? We got to keep this simple. We got to start somewhere. Let's do the Healthy Nail Salon program. What is a Healthy Nail Salon program? It's 10 criteria. People get it. Um, And, you know, once we started to have someone who understood it, um, you know, once we got someone on the curve and could say, hey, I'm fine. And look, my customers actually like it. I will have even more customers. We started getting more and more owners interested because they could see the benefits, not only for their workers, but even for their business. Talking of business, I need to get my nails painted. So I traveled to Montclair, California to meet one of the first green nail salons in the country. I meet with Yuan Gwen in a beautifully designed, odor-free salon. Yuan. Tell us where we are right now. 
Isabella Nail Bar in Oakland, California. It is my nail salon. I started about um, 11, 12 years ago, and it named after my daughter, Isabel. How did you decide you wanted to get into the nail business? When I first came to this country, my sponsor took me to a nail salon. And then I asked her and I said, what happened? Why it so, smells so strong in there? And she said, this is the way America is, honey. So then fast forward, I work, finished my um, college degree and work as a process engineer for semiconductor. It's still intriguing to me because a lot of my relatives work in the nail industry, have um, children that miscarriage at a like nearly full term, like eight and a half month. And then when they had they had gone to the doctor and the doctor said, what have you done? And she's like, I work in the nail salon and then I do this acrylic all day long. Finally, the doctor ordered her to get out of the business. And another incident is my other sister-in-law, she's been doing it since 1975, which is past 30 years. And she fell constantly, like fell on her job in Pleasanton. And finally, she went to have a test. So the doctor found out she has the blood disease that she needs to stop working in the industry. What impact did that have on you? I had a small children, and then I started look into the, you know, research, start researching into what happened in the acrylic that caused all these problems. So that's where I start research. And then I found out this got to be a better way to do business than this. So that's how I, Isabella was born. So you're in the semiconductor industry, you've gone to college, you've done all these things. And then, I mean, because you found out about the toxic chemicals that were in the nail salon, you're like, I'm going to do it differently. I start the nail salon. How do I see what product that have no toxic? And as we all know that the formaldehyde toluene, which is caused a huge problem with women, there's no regulation. So we care more about the chips that we put in our phones and computers than we do about people that apply nail polish and have nail polish put on, on them. Yes, 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 that's the truth. Because, and I look furthermore in the beauty industry, because, for example, in semiconductor, if we don't follow the regulation, somebody's going to sue them and they got the money. Where in the beauty industry, they can hide. Whereas you go and check the vendor, like, if the, can you list the ingredient in this? There's no, there's nobody listing the ingredient in there, so the regulation was loose. That's what I seen. Majority of the women that do in working in the nail salon is the women from Southeast Asia. Culturally, we don't speak up. We just okay because of this. If we speak up, we worry we will lose our job or we no longer have a job to provide for our family. When you started your green nail salon, um, you were one of the very first. So I said first, I got to research in what material, and I got to make a salon that different than the rest. And so I start research. I start reading to it. So I said, there are two benefits. One benefit for the worker, which is people from my country who can speak up for themselves, get a better work condition. The second is for the client who's sitting there and inhale all this film, which is also cause their health that they don't know of. So that's how I, it's the motivation you could cause. <laughs> Talking of motivation, tell us about your journey that led you to being in Oakland today. My dad, as a, a South Vietnam officer, 
because of my status, I couldn't enter college. So I like, forget about it. I'm not going to stay here with communists, married, have children. The history is, so Vietnam fell after 75. So for the people who work for the southern Vietnam, which is with American ally, um, they imprisoned them. Or also the intellect, they will got imprisoned. The communists call the imprisonment re-education. So my father, my uncle was part of it. And so to punish the children of the imprisoner or re-education, um, they limit us of what we can do. Some instant they isolate us. So I was, I graduated high school very young. Actually, I was the youngest. I was only 16. But they make us to go to different hoop to enter college. Even we got the maximum score that they want, they still cannot let you go because they fear that when you finish college, you will turn around and, you know, um, against them. So in my case, and many people in my circumstance, the only way to escape communists is to escape by boat. So you will pay some people, you go underground, high at night, and then get on the ocean in this tiny boat. And then when you pass the um, Vietnam territory in the ocean, the chance is um, the very slim chance that you can get picked up by other country, or also a lot of people lose their life by Thai pirates. So I was one of the lucky ones. I make it to Malaysia, and then I stay in Malaysia for a couple years, and then I end up in America in 1990, so that um, for the boat people like myself. That's an amazing journey. Like, I think people sit at home and especially people who come in and get nails, it's such a luxury. And thinking about that struggle that you had to come through just to get to the country is really courageous. I think as a human, one, you get pushed, you just find the way to better your life and better for the people surrounding you. So I'm sure the younger generation or like my children now grow up in America, they don't experience that, but they can do differently. Like you look around, you see there's a refugee from other country, or you can see what have we done as a generation for global warming, for example. What should we do about our trash? What should we do about the toxin that we inhale every day? So I'm sure there are opportunity for all of us and when you watch the TV, um, just as a personal experience, and see the Syrian or North African refugees in those little boats trying to get to Europe, does that does that remind you of the experience that you had? Yes, yes, it reminds me. Without those help, I would die in the ocean, or I don't have the opportunity that I have today to be in such a paradise in the country like America. And um, yes, um, I only want to help. <laughs> So when I came to the America, the first thing in my mind, I promised my parents is finished college. You are the refugee, but what do you do for your people? And then the beautiful America, you can do all that. You can have your dream, and also you can do something for your people too, and also the people of your new home, which is America. So that's where the fire within me to start. People love going to nail salons. It makes them feel good about themselves. Nail salon um, doesn't matter what continent you are. Is we only always search for the experience, not only the glamour of putting this colorful that on our nail, but I think it's the experience. 
So luckily, my shop, I don't only serve for the client who look for glamour, but most of them come for the experience. Um, we also take care of a lot of uh, professional athletes, like a lot of warrior come here, a lot of raider player come here. So not only for women, but for men too. So within that 50 minutes, an hour, you sit in there, what help you to relax? Not only you care about your own experience to relax yourself, but what do you do to help the worker who work there day in and day out? So you have a lot of knowledge and education around chemicals and, and you came from an industry that was completely different, right? So what, what kind of shocked you when you start looking at what was in the nail polish and in the acrylics? Like what were you finding when you first did that research? The one that shocked me the most is the primer for the acrylic because that we know that that's caused cancer, but nobody else do something about it. The second shock is vendor freely deliver product that have ingredient they don't list on it. Many clients, they don't even know that nail polish had formaldehyde or toluene. None of them know. They just come there and then inhale it and using it. So that shocked me. That's really shocked me. <laughs> I mean, formaldehyde is the same stuff that we embalm dead people with, right? So most people wouldn't even think that it would be in nail polish. I talked to many owners who have done this, you know, 25 years prior to my starting, and they're like, oh, if you don't do acrylic, you know what, you're going to close the door on your business. I say, what, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> so you don't do any acrylics? Not at all. Not at all. Yes, because there's still the primer in there that I don't believe it should be there. And that comes back to the two personal experience I have, that my sister-in-law who lost her baby at eight and a half month, and then my other sister-in-law that the doctor ordered her to stop working in the nail salon. Is I have staff who at first um, come and ask the reason why I don't do acrylic. I said, that's the reason because of the, and also the, all the product I use don't have toluene formaldehyde. And then they went and worked for their sister. And then they came back to me when they said, I want to have baby. And in the past two years, I couldn't have the baby. And as soon as they came to me, I got pregnant. <laughs> when you first said, I don't want chemicals, um, toluene or formaldehyde or, or any chemicals that are toxic in the products that you're using in your salon, was it hard to find them? Yes, it was hard. But this is um, in 2007. And after that, um, it started getting very popular. I was so happy. At the time, I only used uh, Zoiza. And that that's the only product that I used. But now it's 2019. It's such a huge progress. We have other uh, companies step up. It's surprising to me that there's any nail salons that would use toxic chemicals. There's still fewer healthy nail salons than there are toxic nail salons. How do you think we're going to change that? First, we have to start with regulation. And then secondly is education. Because one, you educate both the staff, the owner, and the client. They see the benefit, they will come. We have to start with the regulation. I have clients that drive to my salon for one and a half hour. So they've seen the benefit, but it's just how do we enforce it and regulate it? When the reps come for products, are they still making both? Or do you see like a switch where some companies are just saying we're not going to make it at all? If the vendor tell you that if my company don't have tooling in my product, 
they have to soundproof that. And you have to find them, uh, you know, if they lie, right? right. <laughs> so that's the regulation come in. Because, for example, in um, semiconductor, if you sell the product to me and you say that, oh, I don't have tooling, now two months later you have tooling, you will be responsible for us. So the same, but then on this instant, it's human health come in. Got a toes done up with a fingernails matching. Got a toes done up with a fingernails matching. Back with Julia Liao at the California Healthy Nail Salon Collaborative, I ask her whether part of the problem is that you simply need a PhD before you can understand how to read the label. Um, completely agree. It is hard because even for, you know, the workers and the owners, and they're not English speaking, and they're what what is this? Um, and so I remember we had to create like a poem <laughs> to even like, okay, what do you look for? You know, formaldehyde. You know, and formaldehyde. Well, what does that mean? And so you know, it's it's tough. I mean, we had to do the education just to say, well, you need to recognize there's these chemicals that aren't healthy for you. We realized toluene. I mean, that's the byproduct of petroleum. It's so cheap. No wonder why chemical manufacturers put it in, and, but you can take it out and it's fine. But it's a really cheap ingredient. There's a lot of profits for the, you know, manufacturers by using a cheaper ingredient. Maybe tell us what's happening around the world just as a, as a reference point. Well, in the European Union, I mean, they've banned um, dibutyl phthalate um, and, you know, they've been successful. So any of the manufacturers, you know, they can't sell to Europe, but they can turn around and sell these products to the United States. So they can do it. So companies that make something to be sold in Europe then take out the toxic chemicals. But when they make it for the United States, they include those toxic chemicals because it's cheaper for them? It is completely contradictory. We need to mobilize the consumers too. Um, consumers, you know, we have um, done some education around patronize healthy nail salons. And uh, we actually did a survey where a lot of consumers said, if I knew that there was a healthy nail salon, I would go. I would pay maybe a few extra dollars just to know that it would be better for my health and also the workers' health. I would do it. Has it been a challenge to help people realize that this is an environmental justice issue? Because it's a workplace issue, it's kind of different. Yeah, it's taken a lot of, again, education around what does, um, what constitutes environmental injustice. Uh, and so we have done quite a bit with, again, around the workers and helping them understand that this is something that, you know, they have felt that they've had to choose between their health and their livelihood simply due to the fact that there are no regulations on the safety of these products that they're handling. You know, they just want to support their family. Um, so many workers that we've talked to, you know, they really want to help people feel beautiful. I mean, that's what makes them, you know, what kind of drives their passion and why they do this. Well, at one point, we actually uh, held a roundtable where we brought top nail manufacturers to the table. And we thought, well, let's try and can we establish some kind of agreement on what is safe? Someone from OPI uh, stood up and said, I'll prove to you that my nail polish is safe. And what he did is he proceeded to drink his nail polish. And he said, I wouldn't be drinking this nail polish if it wasn't safe. But we kept reiterating, 
you have workers. There are canaries in the coal mine. They're being exposed to this seven to 10 hours a day, six to seven days a week to say that you are not impacted by toxic chemical in their exposures. That was wrong. It was difficult. They're going to be drinking it. That shows that they're pretty far away from admitting there's a problem. Back with Yuan Gwen at the Isabella Nail Bar, I'm anxiously awaiting the application of some color. Yuan, what would your message be to other nail salon owners that are thinking of going toxic-free? You have to think long-term. You cannot think instantly because the company that have product that have no toxin in there would cost you more. But in the long term, not only for your own health, but for your client health. And you have to think long term. You cannot because of a dollar cheaper or two dollar cheaper from the bottle of polish, you could shortcut. You can put a price tag on the health. There's so many magazines that focus on women's health and beauty and glamour. Like, this isn't a story, you hardly read about it at all. We want glamour, we want the look, but we want to live long and beautiful too. We not just only want to look and then die young. So in that instant, if one, we educated them, one, we provide the message. So you went like, take a look at my nails. Like, what do you think? What what would you recommend? <laughs> like, do I, do, how are they doing? Your nail is very good as I seen it i know but like do i need professional help like what like what do you look for when you look for when you're looking at someone's hands like you can't help but look at their nails in your case it's it's very healthy all i need is just um, clean up and just cut it short and just help you massage and buff shine in it if you want to so what color would you recommend for my nails just your yeah yeah which one is your sport team uh liverpool they're red (laughs) Yeah. You need to have at least red in there. I yeah. grow up a soccer, so... <laughs> so I'm going to get them done red. We'll get them done red. Thank you so much to Julie Liao of both the California Healthy Nail Salon Collaborative and Asian Health Services, and to Yuan Gwen, the owner of the Isabella Nail Bar, for sharing with us the risks to nail salon workers and clients from the host of toxic chemicals found in nail products. The work that Julia and Isabella and many others are doing to help change the $8.6 billion nail industry is inspiring. The next time you get ready for a mani-pedi, make sure you visit a nail salon that either is participating in a certified healthy nail salon program or a salon that looks after their employees by committing to go toxic-free. And in case you're wondering, I chose... You must be Cupid as the shade of red for my Liverpool toes. In next week's episode, Cousin David meets up with Podshipperth South Africa correspondent Dana Smirin in what can only be described as the Rumble in Anaheim, a title fight in which David and Dana compete to see who's still standing at the end of a full day at the world's largest natural foods expo. Thank you so much for being part of the Podship Earth journey from the entire Podship Earth crew, sound engineer Rob Spate, executive producer David Kahn, and from me, Jared Blumenfeld, have a great week. In fact, I'm sure you'll nail it. Listener.